Hey, listeners, if you're tuning into this show, one, you have good taste, and two, you might enjoy another show that we host called Death by Champagne, the podcast here to keep you up at night. I'm Mackenzie. And I'm Olivia. We have topics in all realms. From the reality of true crime to the depths of the occult, we have dozens of episodes to binge that range from hair-raising scares to infuriating miscarriages of justice. We've covered everything from the origins of Satan to the crimes of an unidentified serial killer in our hometown of St. Louis. Other episodes include tales of unsolved mysteries, murder investigations, disappearances, cold cases, hauntings, folklore, and people in history that are stranger than fiction. In Season 3, you can join us for a true crime book club, giving in-depth coverage on cases living in the darkest corners of our bookshelves. Our first multi-part series is on the crimes of Gary Ridgway, focusing on his family, victims, and survivors. So grab your cat keychain, surround yourself in a salt circle, lock your doors, and unlock that phone. Hail Satan. And pop some bottles. Directions Podcast, a podcast where we chat true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We, You know the drill. We've been doing this for 50 episodes. <laughs> and if you don't know who is speaking right now, it is Alex and Christy. <laughs> uh, this week we are back to conspiracy theories and we've got a really, really interesting one. Uh, I feel like I label all of our episodes like that. I'm like, this one's so interesting. This one's so cool. Well, obviously we're going to bring you the, the best of the best. The best of the best. Before we dive in, though, let's talk about what we need distractions from. Christy, hotspot, go. We, my distraction is, <laughs> um, I had a busy week. Yes. As usual. Yes. So, and I'm still working this weekend, potentially a little yeah. bit coming up, but yeah. So still going strong with that. Have a week off coming up. But uh, my distraction is I'm still waiting to go to my new job again. Still? Yep. Damn. I'm still getting I'm coming to the end of the March, and we still haven't left my job that I found that I got in January, <laughs> which is super frustrating. Like, I get, like, corpora- corporations take a while, but I'm like, okay, figure this out first. But you've also been with the same corporation. They know you. Yeah, you're not leaving jobs. I'm no. I'm just moving positions, and I was like, this is taking so long. <sighs> so I need to frustrate, or frustrate. <laughs> I need to distract from this frustration. <laughs> Because of work, as usual. Fair enough. I'm going to jump in the same boat and say, yeah, it's year-end with work, so we're trying to make sure every... And that's gross true year-end at March. Yeah, mm-hmm. and make sure everything's, you know, dotted I's, cross T's, make sure everyone's crying, because that's just what year-end <laughs> is about. And, you know, of course, I'm coming to a point where there's some clients on my caseload where we're not doing anything. We just have to wrap things up, which is hard, because I do have some clients that... Like at the know, point of, like, discharging them? Yeah, or? discharging mm-hmm. them. And that and sounds hard. It is. And sometimes hard, too, especially with... Um, um, you know, Miss Rona, because we can't have that like last appointment because mm-hmm. it's essentially like, okay, like we can, you know, have our final appointment over the phone. Good luck. Bye. But it, it, it's, it's, same. it's that disconnect. Right. Mm-hmm. And I do try to have a really good, well, obviously I try to have a good relationship with my clients. And there's a couple that, you know, we've, we've shared some laugh, we sh- sh- shared some laugh, shared some <laughs>, laughs, shared some tears, you know, everything like that. So to say goodbye is hard, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's just, it's really like a good client that you're like, 
can really like not that like you know enjoy there's like the reason they're there like it's obviously yeah. sad but what's yeah. going on but you're like I enjoyed you as a client like, yeah you worked with me you were exactly. trying to work forward exactly and you know I don't have favorites in terms of clients but there are clients that some of them stand out more than others just in terms of like how willing and ready they've been uh, willing to do the change and like make a change and everything like that so yeah it's mm-hmm. it's hard yeah. it's rough but uh yeah i'm ready for a conspiracy theory we we had a really hard case last week mm-hmm. for sure hard really local hard local case and this one isn't necessarily local i don't think it's local by any mm-hmm. means it's mostly over in Europe, down under. <laughs> I don't think it's local. <laughs> no, you know, we're just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Europe. Just so. some of the ocean. Just over the <laughs> Just a major ocean. But this week we are talking about phantom social workers. What? Yeah. So I'm labeling it as conspiracy theory, but I'm also like mindful that it could also be considered an urban legend, maybe hybrid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but phantom social workers seem to plague Britain Australia and the U.S. sometime within the 1990s. Uh, This isn't a case of ghosts coming to do home visits with people for various reasons. Like, it's not like a physical ghost. That's what I was thinking when you said the title. (laughs) It's just a ghost knocking on someone's door, just being like, hi, I just want to check in, see how you're doing. No, it's, it's, I feel like that'd be cute. Like a Casper checking in. Your friendly ghost checking in. Yeah, just your friendly (laughs) ghostly social worker checking in. But uh, no, unfortunately, this is not the case. It's a little bit more... Dark. Sad. Oh, okay. And dark, yeah. And just concerning. Very concerning, actually. Phantom social workers have been described as a person or people uh, who would essentially come to a house at random, demanding to enter the home, claiming to be a social worker. Mm -hmm. Uh, The social worker or social workers would then state that they had evidence of child abuse in the home and would then ask to do an examination of the child, sometimes in the home and sometimes allegedly away from the home. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, The social workers would then leave, and of course the parents would call the police afterwards because kind of random, right? Uh, Only to find out that there were either no reports of abuse from that home or from the family, nor were there any social workers of that name doing said home visits. So they're always targeting, like, kids' abuse? That's the reason they're going in? Well, they're going in and saying, like, oh, we've heard that there's been abuse in the home. They're, most of the examples I have, there isn't okay. that we're aware of. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, we've heard that there's abuse in the home, this, that, and the other. So then the parents mm-hmm. are like, well, shit, okay, come in. Like, I want to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. To then find out that these social workers were... Non-existent. Non-existent. Sometimes, as mentioned, the children would be removed from the home, apparently never to return. I wasn't able to find an exact case of that happening, though, but it's been mentioned. Kind oh, of they within... take the children. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But there's no exact case. Like, there was an attempt that I have an example of, but no mm-hmm. exact case of a family losing a child due to one of these phantom social workers. Okay. That I'm aware of. Could be one out there, maybe. We never know. Uh, so one mother named Anne Wiley from Hamilton, Scotland, shared that one day a woman had come to her home wanting to see her then one and a half year old who had recently been hospitalized for an asthma attack. This woman who approached Anne in October of 1994 allegedly didn't provide any identification and Anne saw like a man sitting in a car nearby who was smoking a cigarette where she kind of thought like, the woman came from this vehicle, Mm, which is interesting because, I mean, it was the 90s. We don't know 
if smoking was allowed for home visits, but yeah. especially now, like if you're going to go see a client, you're not uh, smoking in their home. Well, you're not smoking anywhere nearby that they can see, so yeah. to speak, right? Like you keep your personal life pretty personal. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Anne described the woman as being in her late twenties, approximately five foot four, slim build with brown hair, wearing a blue coat that nurses were typically sporting at that time. The woman trying to come across as a social worker was rubbing Anne the wrong way. Something didn't seem right. Like anyone else in this weird situation, Anne asked more questions in which the social worker provided a file with her son's name and medical information inside. Regardless, Anne got the woman to leave and promptly called a local health office where she was told that the woman who just demanded her child was not an actual social worker. Oh dear. Yeah. So sometime in 1990, a police operation called Operation Child Care was formed after multiple people were calling in saying like, yeah, like this quote unquote social worker came to my home. They're claiming that there's abuse, but like what's going on? They didn't seem legit. Like something just wasn't sitting right with these parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so the police decided, hey, we might as well look into this more. There's more yeah. cases coming up. It's too common to be coincidence. Yeah. Uh, one of the parents was Elizabeth Copeland. So Elizabeth had reported that two women had approached her home on one day, uh, the two together. The two noted that they were from the National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children and wanted to see her children, according to the Unresolved podcast. Elizabeth let the two women into her home so they could see her two children, both under the age of three. Allegedly, the two women left. However, a couple of days later, one of the two previous women would come by again, but this time with a man. So the two reportedly noted to Elizabeth that they would be taking her children into foster care, in which Elizabeth told them she was calling the police, probably having a gut feeling, similar to Anne, that something wasn't right. Yeah, especially that the dude showing up now, that makes you more uneasy. You're like, I'm just going to take your kids. Well, yeah, and I mean, nothing stood out in terms of, you know, the the first visit where the two women were there that there was anything wrong. And then all of a sudden... Now they're going to take them and they're like, what changed? Yeah, like, what the hell happened? Yeah. So the social workers beelined it at the threat of police being called. And when followed up with the agency the workers had claimed to work with it was discovered that the agency didn't have any file on Elizabeth's family, nor did they send any of their workers to her home. Hmm. Really sketchy. Very. Very weird. So that and the so-called social workers that did come to her home met no description of anyone who worked in the agency. What is making these people choose to impersonate social workers and come in here and take kids? I know. Their ruse? Like child abductors? Well, and... To be transparent, so I'm I'm not an actual, like, I'm not a registered social worker. My job is considered as social work. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be a social worker. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, it's a great, it's a great job, but y'all get burnt out really quick. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to play pretend, have at her, but... Uh, it's an odd choice. It's an odd choice. You could have been literally anything else and you chose this. Okay. Another mother named Lynn Stewart, who was living in the Gale area of Edinburgh at the time of her unfortunate encounter with a potential phantom social worker in 1995. So according to the report, a woman had attempted to kidnap her son, posing as a, quote, healthcare worker. The worker had come to Lynn's home to inspect her baby, who was four months old at the time. 
When Lynn handed the baby to the worker, the worker tried to run off with said baby. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, what the fuck am I here? Yeah. No, mm, 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 no. Mm. It's my four month old child. Yeah. What the, f- yeah. So Lynn, going into what I'm going to refer to as mother bear mode, had quickly began fighting off this healthcare worker slash phony social worker and got her baby back. Good. Luckily. Uh, The worker ran off and a police report was then filed. However, and this is is unfortunate, uh, some people seem skeptical of Lynn's account, which she would state in a quote that she wasn't wasting anyone's time and what happened happened. Like how far? Why do they think it didn't happen? Be, I don't I don't really know exactly. I don't know if it's because maybe at the time she was the only one in the area or it just seemed really mm-hmm. unlikely. But at the end of the day, like, her son was potentially kidnapped. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's... Wh- so all these, like, stories are not coming from the same area. Like it's, No, it's... it's spread across. All over Europe. Yeah. Oh, okay. So what? that'd be hard to pinpoint exactly, like, A, linking the stories two different places and yeah okay i know i said earlier like britain um the states and australia but obviously it was in scotland it was like all over the place like Mm. i think those three were the hot hot spots where there were a lot of reports but there are still reports in other areas okay operation Childcare, according to the all that's interesting article apparently wrapped up only after four years of kind of running uh making no arrests Police were suspecting that the media was hyping things up and feeding into this weird, almost urban legend to scare people. But at the end of the day... If they're coming to your house, take your kids. Some urban legend. Well, and not only that, but people are reporting these things. You'd assume that... It's real. It's real. Yeah. You'd, you have to, right? Like, there's there's something. There has to be something. Yeah, there's some, some substance to the story. Like, it's not like you're all just making it up. Well, yeah, especially from all different areas of the world, right? Mm. So this begs to the question... What the hell is going on? Yeah. So we're going to get into the theories. And before we dive in, just a trigger warning for child abuse and obviously abduction. Because, yeah, it's not a great one, guys. I'm sorry. The first theory uh, is that the phantom social workers are connected to the scandal of Dr. Marriott Higgs and Dr. Jeffrey Wyatt. So some believe that pediatricians Dr. Marriott Higgs and Dr. Jeffrey Wyatt had something to do with the phantom social worker phenomena. Apparently in the 1980s, the two were doing some pretty disturbing testing on children to determine sexual abuse. Trigger warning. Just, it's going to Warning. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get not great. So the method was relaxed anal dilation, also known as RAD or RAD. And I'm not going to get into graphic details because you can probably uh, figure that one out on your own if you really need to know. And I didn't feel comfortable repeating. No, like with the details yeah. of it, yeah. yeah. It sounds horrific. Yep. So their methods were potentially being used by others at the time. However, Dr. Higgs and Dr. Wyatt were seemingly finding children who had been victims of sexual abuse more so than others. So their numbers in terms of like children that were being abused were a lot higher than other doctors, like pediatricians and doctors in the area, Hmm. which is kind of interesting. Uh, So with that being said, once they found their evidence, they would have the children removed from the home, typically by social workers. And that's where this starts. Potentially, maybe. We're not really sure. (laughs) So after a while, the method they were using was starting to get questioned. It was never tested to be factual, like a factual Mm. method, right? So other pediatricians felt that this method was not adequate in actually telling whether a child had been sexually abused, as it could show up in children who had not been abused, according to the All That's Interesting article. 
This discovery allegedly didn't phase the two. Like, they were like, well, fuck it. We're still going to do what we want to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they would apparently hospitalize up to 24 children in one day. I think that was, like, the biggest, the biggest one. From them doing this. From them doing this. Uh, who would then be removed from their homes based on some of the report. I feel like they're causing more harm to the children than the children actually possibly ever had. Yep. After a public inquiry was done by Elizabeth Butler Sloss, among others, it was found that Higgs and Wyatt's diagnoses were incorrect and therefore should no longer be practiced. Good. This result led to 94 out of 121 children being returned back to their homes after being removed because of the test done by these two. 94. Of 121. Oh my gosh. So according to the Unresolved podcast, the 27 remaining children were placed in temporary social care custody. I'm not really sure why, like maybe there was something going on at home or but like- But the other tests like didn't prove anything, but there's other like facts saying that it didn't yeah, happen. Yeah, exactly. This actual situation has led some to believe that it could somehow be tied to phantom social work, like the, the phantom social worker phenomenon that was going on. Um, it did happen. So the whole uh, Dr. Higgs and Dr. White thing happened before the first reports of phantom social workers. Okay. But, you know, there's no formal diagn- uh, connection, so to speak. There's no, like, it happened before. There's no further connection, but some still speculate that, yeah, this was like the beginning of it, so to speak. Okay. One last bit. If you recognize the doctor's names, they are the same doctors from the Cleveland child abuse scandal, aka that's what this whole situation was referred to as. The scandal did create the Child's Act of 1989 and a weird, awful plot twist. Both of the doctors apparently worked after the scandal. Like, they still what? were able to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They kept the leather keeper license. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Take it away. I know. I hate it. Thanks. Hate it. Thanks. <laughs> this is awful. I hate it. Thank you. Great. Thanks. Uh, so that is one theory. Mm. The next theory is that they were, that the phantom social workers were potentially child abductors and or part of a child trafficking ring. That's possible. Yeah. So some speculate that these phantom social workers were actually child abductors trying to fool parents into thinking that they were social workers to try and take their children um, as a part of a potential human trafficking ring. So as mentioned earlier, these phantom social workers would tell the parents that they needed to examine the children, sometimes in the house, but apparently sometimes elsewhere. Uh, Now, the rise of the phantom social workers seemed to begin around the 1990s, as mentioned two decades after the famous Stranger Danger campaign that began in 1971 and after the Cleveland child abuse scandal. So I don't have a specific case where a child was abducted from their home in correlation to a phantom social worker. I mean, we had almost an attempt, um, but we don't have an exact one where a parent was like, yeah, my child was abducted because, you know, of this scenario. Yeah, exactly. And this could be like, this does sound like, like plausible because with the whole Stranger Danger thing and then the whole um, scandal with that, like it's not like you're making her, but it's like, it's making people aware that they need to be not trusting of strangers. So if you exactly. go on some official title, then you can automatically just think that, okay, that's what it is. I can just fall for this ruse versus a random stranger coming up and taking them. Exactly. And I, like, I made a joke earlier that obviously like you're really going to pretend to be a social worker. We're all fucking burnt out. That's that, that's the joke of it. But mm-hmm. in reality, social workers are supposed to be these trustworthy people that are supposed to help you get your resources and get assistance. Mm-hmm. Right. So of course you would trust them. And they're coming in saying, like, I'm going to take your kid if you don't let me see them. You're like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, unfortunately, I don't have a a specific case that correlates with this. However, Mm. 
Potentially, like if you think about it, maybe it's because it's never been reported. Hypothetically. That's true. Like say someone took their kid and they thought it was because of this reason. Yeah. And they didn't report it because they thought it was already like some official thing was done. And for some reason they didn't fight it. But yeah. It could not be a thing. You never know, right? We've, we've obviously talked about weirder situations. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to question why wouldn't someone report it though? Obviously, like I, I was kind of going back and forth like, okay, well maybe it's never been reported. But then why wouldn't you report it? Mm-hmm. Um I don't think that's a rabbit hole we need to exactly go down, but it's just one to consider, right? Uh, So some could even put that perhaps this was an early human trafficking ring, as I've obviously stated before, circling around taking children, starting in the UK and slowly becoming more international. According to the nspccc.org.uk website, um, traffickers can be either work can either work alone or in large groups. Which, as we know from Anne's account, there was more than one social worker at the time. That yeah, the two females and then the female male. Exactly, exactly. So, usually in other reports, it's a sole social worker. However, it changes between man and woman, often different people each time. So these human traffickers could have been presenting themselves as social workers to try and lure parents to unknowingly give their children away to them um, or letting them, you know, be examined, not necessarily giving them away. I shouldn't say that, but Mm -hmm. uh, thinking that they were speaking to a highly respected person for further examination and support. If If this was the beginning of what is now a huge global concern human trafficking is massive oh it's like blown up today it's disgusting exactly um maybe we don't have any reports of kids being kidnapped or taken from their homes under the phantom social worker thing because they didn't find it successful which is kind of a scary thought to think right or because it was the 90s right Mm -hmm. like I'm not saying documentation was the worst of the worst I mean we've talked about cases that documentation was a lot fucking worse yeah But it was still the 90s. It wasn't what we're dealing with now in terms of, you know, social media, internet. Oh, yeah. Like now you could like track anything you wanted to. And back then that wasn't the same. Exactly. So that's theory number two. Mm, That one seems plausible. Yeah. Theory number three is a little... Out there? Yeah. Literally, it's out of this world. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. So... The next theory is that the phantom social workers are potentially aliens yeah i'm sorry we had to go down this hole but it was one that we couldn't not acknowledge especially because you know we are a weird podcast so we have to talk about the weird and the conspiracy is going to come up the multiple exactly times. exactly so obviously this wouldn't be a conspiracy theory episode without talking about aliens at some point some believe based on the way that the social workers dressed and the lack of uh, official ID gave off the very men in black vibe, which mm. as we remember, we covered that conspiracy theory in episode 14. People apparently think that the two are similar because they both apparently are perceived to be cold and calculated, hard to connect with personally, and don't really seem to be comfortable in the position they are trying to play. So once again, back to episode 14 with men in black. Men in black thank you. They looked human, but they didn't really mm. seem comfortable being human, which also I identify with. Like, I'm a human, but I don't <laughs> see... I'm not really comfortable being a human. Anyways. But, you know what I mean? Like, just this very... Almost like an act. Like, they're trying to portray something that they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to show you, Christy, a picture of it, which I'll post on our social media. Yeah, this is supposed to be a sketch? This is supposed to be, like, a, like a digitalized sketch of it. 
Is that hair or is that a hood? I think it's supposed to be a hood. I don't really know. It's interesting, right? It's a weird look for a social worker. Yeah. So, and that's from the 14 Times website, if you look up social workers. Mm. It's, and then there's this one too, which I think this is a digital sketch of it from the Gladstone Observer. It's interesting. Do you want to describe it for the folks listening? Yeah. Like very, they they look very official. They look the other one didn't, but this these ones look a little more like very well dressed, put together social worker looking people. Possibly. Yeah, exactly. So, but at the same time, almost inhuman. Yeah, like they have that aspect of both. Like that's a digital picture. It's hard oh, to tell yeah, from that. Obviously. But like if you some person, they had those same aspects. Okay, you're like, yeah, it looks weird. Yeah. So they look they look weird and they act weird. Like they're not humans. Like they're not. <laughs> they're not. They're not. They're humans. not human humans. <laughs> they're not human humans. You know what I mean? But they're not. They lack that natural human connection. If you're being a social worker too, like you'd think you want to have that, like that empathy and that like trying to relate. Like I'm sorry, like I yeah. just have to inspect. Like they're like probably like I have to inspect your child. Let's go. Depending on what your experiences with social workers, speaking as a social worker, you kind of have to be empathetic. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be. You you should, should be. be. If you're in this line of work, you're trying to help people, and they're very can be distraught or upset. Or exactly. Going on. Like you can't be cold. And you have to have a personality in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to. You have to be personable. You have to be able to talk to people, right? How are supposed to connect with you and move forward if you can't connect with them? Exactly. So that's a, that's kind of why people thought, okay, maybe this is like a men in black alien thing because these mm-hmm. fan, quote unquote fam social workers aren't coming across as human. Mm-hmm. Like they're coming across very unnatural, very cold, very, you know, and yes, people can be very cold and seem unnatural, but in that line of work, it just seems odd. odd yeah. Yeah. So why would aliens be posing as social workers, though? That That's my big question. Like, why, like, out of all the potential career paths they could have chosen, why why'd they pick that one? Well, the aliens are coming to take people, then they can make their own population. The aliens can rule the world. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and, and then, obviously, another question is, like, what are they doing with the children? Probably research, investigation, experiments. experiments. Yeah, so... One could speculate that obviously they're trying to understand us better, while others could say this is a big old stretch. Well, I'd say so. Yeah. I, I think we can both agree this is theory is... The least likely. The least, least likely. Uh, so although the fam social workers apparently are what I'm going to say is very robotic-like, it may not necessarily um, lean towards them being aliens, mm. so to speak, right? I don't know if this is obviously a theory that I can really divulge into in comparison to the other twos. Uh, other two. Yeah, like I think of all of them, the number two sounds the most somewhat believable. Yeah. yeah. And those are the kind of theories. So just to recap, so there was Cleveland child abuse scandal, that whole incident. There mm-hmm. is the human trafficking ring, and then there's this one. Aliens. Which one are you thinking more so than any? The trafficking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the first two, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, third one's a little bit of a stretch, but once again, we have to include it because it's weird, right? So to kind of summarize all of this, put a nice little... Bow weird weird bow on it regardless of what your beliefs are i think the ultimate consensus is that there was a widespread fear for parents of their children that seemed to be spreading like wildfire some blame that the individual cases created more hype and fear for parents however like i don't think you could blame any parent fearing who was on the other side of the door after hearing these stories it doesn't help that there were you know like a real there, that there was a real life scandal that came like shortly before this that put probably every parent on edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have any more up to date settings or experiences of these phantom social workers. However, if you have a story 
of this weird phenomena that maybe you encountered, a family member encountered, what have you, uh, and feel comfortable sharing, because obviously this is pretty intense, yeah. uh, please email it to us and maybe we'll include it in a listener tale if you're okay with it. Like, mm-hmm. I'd like to hear more because, yeah, a lot of these seem to happen, like, in the 90s and then it kind of stopped. Again, like, nowadays, like, the trafficking ring is blown up. Say that they took another route other than yeah, the social work. Or exactly. if the social work was related to the scandal and then when it went away, it's kind of like, okay, that's been done with. And exactly, exactly. So, shout out to my resources. So, the Unresolved Podcast, FAM Social Workers, uh, posted April 11th, 2018. Mm-hmm. All That's Interesting article, The Scary Truth Behind the Phantom Social Worker Legend by Abby Norman on December 11th, 2016. Uh, Healthy Way article, Here's the Bizarre Truth Behind the Phantom Social Worker Legend by the Healthy Way staff. There's no specific name. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which was published August 10th, 2017. A BBC article, How Common Are Child Abductors in the UK by Emma... Thelwell, uh, September 29th, 2016, and the nspcc.org.uk website. And other podcasts that cover this topic, just to give them a shout out. Uh, so the Unresolved Podcast, which I listen to, I would highly recommend. It's a really good show. Uh, Creepy Caffeine, Depth of Darkness, Boozed and Confused, The Hy- Hypothetical Institute, and if I missed any, let us know. But yeah, that's that's fan social workers. Very, very nice. Spooky. Spooky story. Because, yeah, it's, like, creepy to think, like, whatever the situation of how it started, which conspiracy theory is the right one. Yeah. Like, they're trying to go in and seem like, take kids for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Yeah, and, like, that's... It's I, I, I speak as a, a, non, a non-parent, but as a parent, I can empathize probably the fear that you would f- mm-hmm. feel hearing all these stories and being like, shit, am I next? Are they trying to take my children, yeah. right? No. Mm-mm. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll tell you people how to find us. Yes. So, you can find us on multiple podcast platforms. Some examples, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Uh, we would love you go on Apple and do some kind of review. Yes. Some stars. Again, yes. let's just get us charting. Gives us a just a bit more interaction and more attention that way. Um, feel free to get a hold of us on our other platforms of email. At weirddistractionspodcast.outlook.com. Yes. Emailing us any questions. We are doing... A Q&A episode coming up in April. Yes. So feel free to send in your questions for us if you want to hear anything specific. Yeah, like what our favorite cases are that we've covered so far. Like if we have one each that we really like. If you want to know what our favorite, I don't know, what our favorite food is. Like if there's just random questions, if you just want to bust them out and send them our way, that'd be great. Yes. And again, Alex, I touched on the listener uh, stories, but if you have any more, feel free to just anything in yes. general. Um, email them to us. You can also find us on Twitter and Insta, both Weird Distraction. Uh, Twitter is at Weird Distract I1. Mm-hmm. Go over to our Patreon page. We have two tiers, gives you some bonus content, stuff like that. Feel free to check it out, Weird Distractions. Yeah. Also go to our merch page, um, Redbubble. You yep. can get pretty much anything with yep. on anything. Yep. And we'll make it for you. Or they'll make it and we'll get it to you. We won't physically make it because that would be disastrous. No. We would have to pay you to buy it. Because it would look a lot nicer on there than what we would do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, and I think that's about it. I always forget we're also on Buy Me a Coffee. Oh yes, I like that was like the first one that we're like, yeah, we'll give it a shot, whatever. So if you want to buy us a hypothetical coffee, that'd be great. So yeah, look us up on Buy Me a Coffee, Weird Distractions Podcast, and I think that's it. But yeah, don't 
I mean, obviously, it'd be great if you want to financially support us, but, you know, we're adults. If you can't do it... Times are hard right now. Yeah. Global pandemic's still kicking, so uh, we get it. This friggin' panorama. Panorama. (laughs) (laughs) And if you need a distraction... We got you. Bye-bye. Morbidology is a weekly true crime podcast hosted by me, Emily G. Thompson, author of Unsolved Child Murders, Cults Uncovered, and co-author of Unsolved Murders, True Crime Cases Uncovered. 911 emergency. My son shot my husband. I need an ambulance. He's bleeding. Using investigative research combined with primary audio, including 911 calls, interviews, and trial testimony, Morbidology takes a look at some of the world's most heinous murders. Do you know why you're here? For a uh, home invasion gone terribly wrong. Listen to Morbidology now on Apple, Spreaker, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever else you get podcasts.